Happy Friday. It's back from the brink time. I'm Todd Brinker and Aaron will be joining us in just a couple minutes as she wraps up with the radio station. That's right. We're back from the brink. We follow our on the brink radio morning show on KCAE 1050 AM and 106.5 102.3 FM in Inland Empire, the trifecta of talk radio. Uh, hope you're all having a wonderful, wonderful morning. Um, we are, um, uh, our first time back with the podcast, we skipped three days. We were on last Monday and then we skipped Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I was gone Tuesday and Wednesday for, uh, some, some, uh, coaching duties and meetings that I had to have uh, offline. And then Erin was recuperating yesterday from her second, uh, COVID shot. She had, uh, fever symptoms and such. As, as many people do, luckily they seem to all come and go within about a uh, 12 to 24 hour period. So it's not a long term problem. But, uh, but, uh, anywho, we have, um, we have survived. Aww. I see this uh, video of a guy like rushing down the, the roadway, flagging people to get out of the highway to save a little baby kitten who was just curled up out in the middle of the road where it was warm, obviously, you know, lost from mama, just sitting out there. Um, so uh, kudos to kind people to go out and save the baby cat and uh, and uh, make sure that uh, he or she is safe again because he or she certainly didn't know what the heck was going on, just found a warm place to snuggle down to the to the tarmac and say, I'm lost and I need somebody to help me. So somebody did. As we were going to uh, break, we talked a little bit about the fact that uh, the official Game of Thrones Twitter account has said that, or it just put a tweet out, and all it said was, winter is coming. Hmm. Now, they are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Game of Thrones, and so this might just be a reference to the fact that they're doing that and they're just, you know, hyping it up again that winter is coming because that was an oft-repeated line from um, the fine folks at Game of Thrones. But others are presuming that maybe that means that they will um, redo a few of the final season episodes or re-edit some of the final season episodes to maybe, uh, excuse me, tighten up the storyline a little bit, make it a little bit more um, acceptable to fans who generally panned uh, the last two seasons in particular, but 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 more specifically, the last season and the last episode, um, there were some some frustrations. One fan has tweeted back, uh, "Winter has gone and you blew it," and so they're not willing to give them a second chance. But there are plenty of others who are come back and say and said, you know, between us, I'm all in. Pretending that early 2019 season eight hasn't happened yet works for me. Um, let's redo. And so you know, I, I'm sort of in that camp. It's like. I wouldn't mind seeing them redo it. Uh, I sat and watched all four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League to see, you know, what his reshoot, re-edit, re-remix was going to look like. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. I really did. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's a four-hour-long thing, so I probably won't sit and re-watch very soon. But but it was pretty good. So, um, anyhow... 
um, you know, here's to that. Uh, you know, or fl- the flip side might be maybe they've got an inside line with Mr. Martin and winter is coming means that the uh, winds of winter will finally be re- completed and published. Although he just recently, I was reading yesterday, has said, you know, that he has struggled mightily with that, you know, and that uh, he's been locked in a cabin. He did say um, that, uh, you know, I think it was something in reference to him like, you know, finally getting out of his cabin. So maybe that means he's finally done. Here's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hmm. We don't hear you. It's one of those mornings. Maybe we're not connected properly. We'll see. I don't see. I don't see any connection. So hopefully it's it's thinking. It's thinking. Maybe she'll hook in here. Anyway, um, regardless of what happens with the Game of Thrones thing, um, uh, you know, it, uh, it's 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 interesting to see that they're still working on it and that they're going to have a uh, you know they are working on sequel shows. So we'll see more things in the world of Game of Thrones. Um, uh, there is a, uh, uh, some short stories that George Martin has published that were, uh, the adventures of Dunk and Egg, which are set a couple hundred years prior, uh, to the, um, uh, you know, Sir Duncan and, and one of the Egon, um, Targaryens, uh, when he was a young child, sort of their adventures traipsing around the, the, the land as a, as a, uh, hedge knight, meaning a, you know, gun for hire, Obviously, no guns in that time period, but uh, um, but anyhow, it uh, you know I, I I I enjoy that world. I enjoy the work, and and for the most part, it's been quite good. And so uh, it's fun to see it visualized on the screen. So let's try Aaron again here. Hey, this time I heard something click. That means we're hooked up and working. Awesome. Yay! How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm I'm tired. I again, yeah. I still have some symptoms, but yeah. nothing like yesterday. Yeah, the tiredness for me, I mean, it hit the first day. That was the first symptom I really saw, but then it kind of lingered for a day and a half or two days. Um Yeah. the the tiredness, but uh but for the most part, I was fairly mild. I was still talking about the Game of Thrones stuff, just saying I enjoy that world and uh George Martin has done some novellas That's around it. the adventures of Dunk and Egg. And they uh, were Sir Duncan, who's a hedge knight, meaning basically a knight for hire, and uh, and Egg, who is his um, um, his uh, sidekick for you know in the novel, but he's the the um, uh, what's the guy that I can't think of the name of the, the right term that that helps the knight that helps get his armor on and stuff. He's his apprentice, for lack of a better word. But that was uh, uh, Squire. Squire, thank you. That's what he is. He's the squire, and he is uh, Egon Targaryen. His his nickname is Egg, um, and he's eventually, you know, uh, becomes king of of uh, of um, Westeros. But uh, it's sort of their adventures. He was the was Mad a, King, right? He was a young young. Uh, well, I don't know if he's uh, Egon the First or Egon. You know, I don't remember the track the tracking. He might eventually become the Mad King, but uh, but the stories are, you know, him as a teen hanging out with. Uh, with this guy who's kind of becomes his buddy and his and his teacher, his mentor, and so um, yeah, it's it's you know the, the the stories they tell are quite good. So we'll see see if they end up uh, you know on screen and how that works because there's a lot of backstory that can be told there. I just enjoy that world, you know, not you know the last last season and a half, notwithstanding. 
So, uh, well, the last, uh, the ninth and last Outlander book has a publishing date. You can pre-order it. It's supposed to be shipped in November. Oh my goodness. Well, I'll have to get it pre-ordered for my wife. She's a fan, so she'll want that as soon as it's available. Yes, I, I, I saw that and I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, because yeah. I love all those books too. Yeah. She's, Although um, I listened to them. I didn't read them. I listened to them. Yeah. Because I was spending, at the time, was spending a lot of time commuting. And uh-huh. uh, that's how I enjoyed the Outlander books was uh, uh-huh. audiobooks. Yeah. Elaine gets up and walks in the morning. She goes out and walks. And so she listens to Audible. And so we've got them on Audible as well. And uh, in their absence, she has been going through the Stephanie Plum novels. The, uh, oh, and, yes. One for and, the money, two for the dough. Right. And so there are 27 of them. The 28th one will be released this November. And so just this week, I got her uh, at, uh, book number 26 and 27. So she's ah. at the end of that series and looking for another one. You know, what's, what comes next? Because, you know, when you walk for an hour every morning... You know, that's that's an hour that, you know, listening to a book can be something that's uh, entertaining well, to do. Well, she might like Sue Grafton, which is she has oh. A is for something, B is for something. Yeah. Um, Similar you know, type of like series, a, right. Yes, but I don't think they're, mm-hmm. I think they're more mystery than they are funny. This, the, the Janet Ivanovich is a very, very funny writer. And so, yeah, yeah. Uh, hers have Stephanie, a real sense of levity to them. Stephanie Plum is, is funny. Yes. Yes. So, so I remember the first time Tobin and I, back what, before Audible, this was CDs in our car. We were coming, we were driving home from Vegas and we wanted something to listen to. So we popped into a Walmart and found it. And that, you know, I'm like, okay, what's this? And mm-hmm. we laughed the whole way home. It was yeah. so entertaining. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. You know, and they made the one for the money into a movie and it didn't do that well. So unfortunately, oh, they didn't do more. It, but yes, it know, was so miscast. It I, wasn't even yeah, ridiculous. It well, was ridiculous. I thought that the, the most of the show was cast fine. I think the lead was miscast. But even that, I would forgive them. I would I would accept her as the lead if they would just make more of them. But they didn't. So, you know, but I think a lot of the fans just rejected it out of hand because they didn't like her as that role. She wasn't right. She wasn't right. Yeah. And I'm I, Debbie Reynolds name. did a fabulous job. That's though, what I'm saying. As Grant, Grant, yeah, she was great as the grandmother. I thought that the, uh, the, uh, the, the, a lot of the supporting cast were cast just fine. In fact, I, I thought they were well done. It was just, uh, oh shoot, what's her name? I'm blanking on the name of the actress that they had played. Catherine Heigl. Yeah, from from Grey's Anatomy. You would remember her back in those days, right? Yes. Um, yeah, Catherine Heigl as Stephanie Plum was just kind of not right. Um, although I honestly, I thought she did a good job. She did a good job with it. It just, she just, you know, wasn't quite the right person in the spot. But, um, like I said, if they'd have done more movies with the same cast, I would have watched them. I would, I enjoy them. I thought they were, it was, you know, because this, the, the material is so strong. It just, it, it was fun. Yes. Fun movie. She just, um, her accent was wrong. That bothered me. Right. I listened to accents a lot. Like yeah. I, I noticed accents and mm-hmm. her accent was wrong. She did not sound like she was from Jersey at all. No, no. She didn't get that at all. And so, um, well, you know, I mean, she's one of those people who kind of plays herself in everything. I don't know that she has particularly strong acting chops. And so, um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yep. There, there's a lot of people who have had amazing careers in Hollywood. And that's, you know, I mean, let's face it. Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to convince you that he is Othello, right? But, right. But, uh, but for what he does, you know, he's had a phenomenal career. 
I always remember uh, uh, James Garner, I felt, was that way, or, or you know, um, uh, John Wayne. You know, I mean, it's like you could put John Wayne in any movie you want, but he's going to be John Wayne. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, okay, fine. You know, you have to suspend disbelief in some way, you know. It's like, okay. Exactly. You know. Um, speaking of suspending disbelief, one of the things that she's thinking about is because we've already got the entire series as audiobooks is the Foundation series, which is a science fiction uh, series based. Uh, it was written by uh, Isaac Asimov, and it's one of the the um, the literally foundational science fiction stories, you know, in in hard sci-fi. I mean, the original short stories were written in the um, in the forties, and uh, and then added to and became Foundation and Foundation and Empire and Second Foundation. And Apple, Apple TV Plus has that um, uh, under contract, and I think in May they're going to uh, start the first season of The Foundation. And so that'll be interesting to watch. And so I think she's kind of interested in maybe finding out about that one. And there, this is a, a sweeping sci-fi story about you know galactic empires that covers thousand, a thousand years. Um, and so... Um, you know, quite a story there, and is in is historic in its in its significance in in the world of um, you know hard science fiction, things based in science, not not fantasy, not um, you know um, uh, romance novels. It's definitely based in, in the idea of science and science going in places where we don't currently take science. So, so science fiction has never been my I know yeah. genre. Coven. Tobin loves it, but science yeah. fiction has never yeah. been my thing. Yeah, Elaine likes um, it too. So, so that's why I thought you know we we were suggesting something for her to to get into. And like um, Game of Thrones, the, these novels are not petite, and so it'll you know take her a while to get through them. But yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, science fiction's not for everybody. Uh, being somebody who's worked in the technology field for a lot of years, that to me was always interesting to imagine where it'll be in 100 years or 200 years, you know? And you can look back and say, well, where were we 100 years ago or 200 years ago with technology and how far have we advanced? And it's pretty insane to think that, you know, in the 1920s, um, we were just at the front end of, of um, what, you know, is a booming automobile industry. There really wasn't, you know, any kind of, air industry if you traveled it was mostly by train it was very um you know steampunk-esque really um yes so um you know to to think where we've come in that 200 years and now you try to layer on that where will we be in 200 years and so that was the fun for me is you know reading about and listening to people's imaginings as to what could be so um uh, we, you know, in the 1920s, there was radio, but there was no mm -hmm. television. And, right. you know, the, you know, in, in even the movies were, I mean, they're a very low tech. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know when, I think the talkies came around that time. Yeah, you know, where people be talkies, were talking but most film. of them were still black and white. Color was not really there yet. That didn't happen until the 30s. <laughs> Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah, you think about and computers, forget about it. There were no computers then. Computers no. were human beings who added up numbers. Yeah. And calculated numbers. Yeah. With slide rules. Yes. And abacus. 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 
That's so funny. yeah, a little different. A little Plural, different. Um... Yeah, I think about you know even you know we talked about Prince Philip. His his funeral is coming up, and um, you know all Abacus the things that. Abacai. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I just um, had to look it up because I had no idea. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Yeah, you think about that. 100 lifetime. years almost, right? He's 99 years old. So when he was a child, um, you know, we were still, we, we were at the dawn of the Roaring Twenties. We had come out of World War One, but World War Two was not even on the horizon yet, um, you know. I mean, even when he was 10 years old, you know, that was sort of when... Um, uh, the you know the depression was going on so he grew up as in a as a child during the depression and you got to think about you know how does that impact people and how does that then you know make them look at the world around them and, and you got to imagine there's a certain amount of distrust that uh that everything will be okay right because back then he was yeah um you know he was a royal but he wasn't really the, a royal in the same sense that he was with one a, after his marriage um you know, certainly he, well, had, and, he, he led a sheltered life. You know, he wasn't like living in the streets. But No, but but um, he had he was living in exile that that he was, you know, Greek and Danish royal mm-hmm. family. And um, I think they were living in exile at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, so after World War One, they were living in exile. So, I mean, not that he was a pauper. He wasn't. But, um, you know, he saw. Anybody who's in that age group, they just saw tremendous change mm-hmm. over the course of their lifetime. Yeah, his father was Prince Andrew of Greece and Denmark. Yeah. So, yeah. His grandmother was Olga Konstantinova, a Romanov. Ah. Wow. Yeah, and you know, you think about what was what had just happened to royal families, you know, around, you know, around the world, you know, over the course of the last two and the previous, what, 200 years as they were deposed, you know, and, or, uh, you know, the Russian revolution in the twenties had just happened. Um, and what was still happening and the, the Romanovs were killed and, you know, it's what a crazy time to be a Royal. Mm -hmm. Yes, I got a line, a little paragraph here. It says, in 1922, his uncle, the king of Greece, was forced to abdicate after a debacle of the Greco-Turkish War. Philip's father, who was working in the army, was accused of treason and exiled. The family fled to Paris, where they would be based for the next decade. It was, you know, extremely difficult for them. And though his parents adored him, uh, his mother, uh, her nerves had been badly strained by the family's exile from Greece. And because of this, the children were regularly packed off to friends and relations. So he didn't see his parents very much growing up, which is not atypical. Um, uh, she was later then diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, oh. But uh, with his four older sisters married to German aristocrats and settled in Germany, his father, now in the south of France, Philip was alone at just 10 years old. Um, he, they said uh, a, 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 during an interview when he was 10 years old, he was asked, what language does he speak at home? And he says, what do you mean at home? <laughs> you need to explain what that means. Yeah, that's pretty sad. It is. That is sad. Mm-hmm. And his wow. response, you know, he says, the family broke up. My mother was ill. My sisters were married. My father was in the south of France. I just had to get on with it. You do. One does. That's what you do. <laughs> you know, so matter of fact. Um, Different generation, right? 
but yeah, that uh, that speaks a lot to just the world in which he lived, um, you know, and the time in which he lived. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I I don't know if I like reading biographies of of famous and important people, not necessarily just famous, but important people. And he was certainly he's certainly in that category. Maybe I'll pick up a biography and read mm -hmm. of his. When he you was know, sixteen, because... one of his sisters and her husband and children were killed in a plane crash. Uh, his guardian uncle George Mountbatten uh, died at, of a heart attack or of, of cancer suddenly when he was forty six. So he lost a lot of family members when he was young, not to mention being uprooted and then being raised by people other than his family. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think he, he um, by by virtue of just uh, location and, and and longevity, he's he's had an incredibly interesting life, and it would just be interesting to see and read about that. You know, just this one little article that I found is actually pretty interesting. Uh, but I think you know something a a, a, a uh, biography or somewhere where it's been um, you know more fully fleshed out might be really interesting. Yeah, you know, and I know that that he. That the royal family, the British royal family, did not necessarily support the union between um, Elizabeth and Philip. That seems um, to be a trend but, with the British royal family, isn't it? It's like whoever one of yes. their, their kids picks, it's like, well, they're not good enough for you. They're not yes, exactly yes. who we would like you to be. But with. she she loved him and she yeah. chose him, yeah. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's a little bit of a rebel. You know, it's funny because we all, we always think of her as this gray-haired slightly hunched over older lady and yet you know like that movie that was out a few years ago um of her and her sister when they were young and they're they're like big night out right as the war at the end of the war um yes you know shows you that she was once you know a teenager and had hopes and dreams and aspirations and she understood her responsibilities but you know she she was a kid too you know and uh yes and as each of us grow older we all learn that you know even though the body gets older, the brain still thinks of you as you, right? And so, you know, inside that, that you know, little old lady is still that kid, you know? Yes. You know, and I know that's a fictionalized yeah. story, but, but I think it did a really good job of sort of humanizing uh, somebody who we tend to, you know, think of as this elderly lady. Do you know, um, I, I there's a picture um, that is on the Internet making the rounds, um, of uh, Prince Philip dressed up as one of the royal guards at B Buckingham Palace mm -hmm. and the queen walking by him and just giggling when she realizes that who it is that's wearing that uniform. Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I, I love that picture because it shows them as playful and human. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of always seeing them standing stoically looking out at a crowd to see them like looking at each other and laughing. Um, I just sent you a link to this this story that's, you know, Prince Philip's Tragic Childhood is the title of it. It tells a little bit about his youth. Um, and one of the first pictures on included in the story is a picture of them shortly after they got married. And it's just her looking at him and him looking at her, you know, and they're just a young couple, you know, just yep. smiling at each other and, and sharing, you know, just, you know, a, a, a little moment. And it's just, you know, you, you, you tend to forget that they're. You know, they're human beings because you, you, people tend to put them on this pedestal because of of their their station in life, but not necessarily, you know, who they are. So anyway. Yes, um, and they made a handsome yeah. couple. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, good-looking folks. So, um, yeah, you know, kudos to them. Um, I, I guess uh, is it uh, tomorrow is the is his uh, memorial, and they're only going to have like thirty people there, so they're going to keep it small. So, um, so I was not on the air Tuesday and Wednesday, but on Tuesday, Apple made an announcement. Oh next yeah, what, Tuesday, what was the announcement? Next Tuesday, they are going to have a a an event. They've titled it Spring Loaded. So loaded implies maybe that there's a lot of stuff they're going to announce and spring, obviously spring. They took the Apple logo and 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 made a squiggle out of it that kind of looks like a spring. So um, you know, either oh, either cute. they're going to come out with the Apple box spring bed, or um, you know, they've got a loaded event. So we'll see what comes out of it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. All right. I'm, so now I'm, I'm curious. There's been a lot of um, uh, guessing as to what it will be. Um, the expectation is that the uh, iPad Pros will be updated because currently the iPad Air, which is halfway between the standard iPad and an iPad Pro, has a processor in it that is faster than the iPad Pros. They're using an i uh, the A12 processor, and the current processor in the phones and in the Air is an a14 so they're expecting that there'll be like an a14x processor that'll be like the a14 on steroids because typically the ipad airs get whatever the current or not the airs the ipad pros get whatever the current processor is plus but it, they usually get an x which means that they have some additional like uh, graphics capabilities and uh, an additional processing unit or something like that so it'll be like a souped up version Similar to what they're putting, the M1 that they're putting in their uh, new Apples. And they're saying that, or the new Macs. Um, they're also saying that um, uh, that at least the large one is expected to get what they call mini LEDs. And what that is is that the backlighting, instead of being um, a few LEDs scattered around the back to make the screen bright, that there will be like a thousand really tiny LEDs lighting up the screen so that they can lighten and darken it in very, very um, granular fashion so that blacks will be blacker and brights will be brighter and so we'll see how that plays out and whether or not they do it um, but that's that's the biggest thing that people are expecting there's been rumors for a while that apple was going to do something called air tags which is sort of like a, a tile you know where you can put a tag on something and then then you can use the find my app in your phone to figure out where it is and so that's also oh, cool. expect, expected to be released um, um, we'll see if anything actually ever comes of that and then um on the out, outside chance, there's a uh, think that, that we may get a, a new redesigned iMac with the new uh, uh, M series chips in it, and uh, and possibly uh, an AirPod version three with this time a redesign. The last time they basically made the AirPods look the same, they just made it a uh, a um, you know the, they made the case so that you could put it onto a uh, a Qi charger and charge it that way without plugging it in. Um, that was sort of the series two. Um, but they looked exactly the same as the Series 1. And so there's rumors that the Series 3 are going to come out and look a little bit more like the AirPods Pro with a little bit shorter stick. Um, so, And then also rumors that the Apple TV will get an update because um, that's over two years old. And there's been a lot of complaints about the Apple TV remote. And uh, the one of the rumors is, is that it'll have enough uh, horsepower in terms of the graphics and processor in it that it will be able to compete more uh, uh, evenly with some of the gaming things devices out there, uh, specifically like the the Wii, 
um, but even against perhaps the um, PlayStation and uh, Xbox Series um, devices. So we'll see what comes of that and whether or not that actually flies. Um, but uh, Apple just recently beefed up the offerings. They added like 100 games to their uh, Apple Arcade, which you can subscribe to for like five bucks a month. And... Uh, and they were, a whole bunch, they were a whole bunch of retro games, so games that you might have played in the past that you thought were a lot of fun are now available there. Um, and so that was sort of the other hint that, hey, maybe the new Apple TV is going to come out and be more more of a gaming machine than just a, a media machine. Um, in fact, one rumor even said that it's it's going to look like, an, uh, like a HomePod. It's going to look like a speaker because it'll have speakers built into it as well as being your um, your tv streaming device with a better processor and gaming device so we'll see what comes cool. of it you know um all of these are of course rumors so it doesn't mean that you know they could be all or none of these things so you never know how it goes right so but we'll find out next tuesday at about 10 o'clock or nine or ten o'clock i can't remember i think it's 10 o'clock is when it starts on uh, pacific time so we won't know until uh we'll uh, on wednesday's show i'll be all excited to tell everybody about all the fun stuff Cool. Sounds like it sounds cool. So, yeah, yeah. Um, lots of possibilities. Do you remember the fire festival? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Do you remember the, that's the the fire festival flop, the flop fire festival? Yes. Yes. So you know, to to refresh people's memory, it was supposed to be on this beautiful Caribbean resort, luxury accommodations to see all of these different bands. Imagine Coachella in the Caribbean with the beautiful, you know, with beautiful luxurious glamping kind of accommodations except none of that happened they got there and there was there were no bands and there was no sanitation and there was no water and there's no food and it looked like a refugee camp and um the company went bankrupt and they they've been in bankruptcy court and the 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 guy the 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 organizer is went to jail for fraud um and so it looks like even though people People spent twelve thousand dollars a ticket. That wasn't for anything. Yeah, bargain um, prices. Yes, twelve thousand dollars for a ticket, and it looks like um, it's they're going to get seven point two thousand, so seventy two hundred dollars mm-hmm. um, back, back from yeah. the bankruptcy court. Yeah, seems like it should be. You know, that's that's fraud, right? You advertise something, get people there, and it's not what you said, and you took lots of money for it. That's fraud, and yes. so yeah, you're going to be yeah. held accountable. So. so Billy McFarland uh, is serving a six-year, he's the organizer, six-year prison sentence um, and uh, for, you know, uh, for fraud. I mean, there were, instead of luxurious celebrity chef dining, uh, people had cheese sandwiches. I mean, seriously, it was bad. Like, But were they celebrity bad. chef cheese sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, um People are going to get some of their money back, but none, none for the accommodations and all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, it was a phenomenal idea, but what there, there are people who, who are focused on being cool and being with the in crowd. And he came up with a good idea, but he didn't know how to do, and, and evidently didn't hire anybody to do the hard work. He just figured it would all work out and it didn't, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot of work to put on an event like that. It is. It is. And having the idea and actually pulling it off are two separate things. There's, you know, there, yes, there's they are. skill sets and knowing how to get all that stuff done and coordinated and happening at the right time. So, um, uh, yeah, well, good. I'm glad that there's at least some some money coming back to people. Um, 
there's two different uh, documentaries. I think there was a Netflix and an HBO documentary on that. So those who care can go watch one or both of those and, and learn more about the specifics of it. Um, hey, by the way, update. Abacus plural can also be abacuses. Abacai or abacuses. <laughs> it's either way. It's like we're not yeah, you can pick. You can pick how you wanna how you wanna mess up the pronunciation of that. <laughs> Your choice. So, um, uh, hot news out: Raúl Castro is stepping down as the head of the Communist Party of Cuba. Wow! So once he steps down well, and it's official, it'll be the first time that a uh, that one of the Castro brothers is not running the country uh, officially. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he he's was there be, when he's got to be like near 90 years old. Yeah. I mean, he was there when his brother, Fidel, basically took power in 1959. And uh, let's see, he'll turn 90 in June. Yeah. They say that he will continue to be the most influential person uh, on the island until his death. In other words, people will still defer to him because he's he's a Castro. But uh, um I don't know that there's any word on exactly who's going to take the reins, though. I don't know who they've been grooming to be the the guy. So, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that shakes out and what kind of relationship we have with the company once the Castros are no longer uh, running the show. Okay, so I found an article, and this is NBC News. Um, Raul Castro said, had said in 2018... Oh, wait, wait. Communist Party's 8th Congress will begin Friday when it certifies President Miguel Diaz Canel Canel, Canel, in the second party as the next party secretary general and set policy guidelines. So apparently they've been grooming him since 2018. Yeah, it looks like. And he's been serving as their president, which is sort of a subservient position to the head of the party. But uh, um, yeah, so they do have I mean, I figured they had to. Right. President Miguel Diaz Canel. So, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, I you know I I wish that they could be, um, uh, you know, move to a more democratic form of government, but you know that's not going to happen. Just makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you never know. I mean. You will, you know, we'll see what happens when when uh, Raul is no longer basically in charge. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm not like I'm wishing for anybody's death, but when he passes, what direction the country will go? Because new leaders may have new eyes on what's going on and, and, you know, reshape things. And it doesn't mean that they're going to suddenly say, oh, I don't need to be in power. Let's have an election. Um, You know, that has been said never by any dictator ever. Right. But uh, yes. uh, if they have an election, it's usually, OK, fine, let's have an election. Make sure we've got it all set up so that, uh, you know, we get the results we want and then let's do it. You know? <laughs> you know? So um, that that's more likely what's, what's said uh, with most dictatorships. So we'll see how it all plays out. But but speaking the fact, of dictatorships, the fact oh, that ahead. that first generation of people is no longer there, the ones that actually you know led the revolution um mean you know indicates that there can be there there will be a change in the way things are done whether it is pro democracy or not remains to be seen yep it's true so um speaking of dictatorships um five hong kong democracy leaders are going to prison um 
you know, they were found guilty of organizing an unauthorized march in 2019. So mm -hmm. uh, Hong Kong's court on Friday sentenced five leading pro-democracy advocates, including media tycoon Jimmy Lai, up to 18 months in prison for organizing a march during the 2019 anti-government protests that triggered an overwhelming crackdown from, Be from Beijing. Yeah. Uh, a total of nine advocates were given jail terms, but four of them, including 82-year-old lawyer and former lawmaker Martin Lee, had their sentences suspended after their age and accomplishments were taken into consideration. Yeah. So, yeah, and essentially they were protesting the Chinese government not doing what they said they would do, which was just leave us alone for a period of time. And yes. about halfway through that period of time, the Chinese government decided they didn't want to leave them alone anymore. And... And the people stood up and said, wait a minute. And so, uh, yeah, welcome yes. to dictatorships, right? And this was no small march. There were 1.7 million people who marched and yeah. estimated. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like there's a few people upset. Everybody is upset. So, yes, yeah. because Hong Kong is the is is a true economic engine. I mean, it is a powerhouse mm -hmm. um, uh, economically uh, because of their free market. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they this brutal dictatorship that is Beijing, um, they didn't want to live under that. I wouldn't want to live under that either. Yeah. 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 Well, and especially, you know, they point to, hey, you guys, when, you know, when the U.K. basically backed out, there was an agreement that there would be this period of time where we would still operate independently. And it was like 50 years or something like that. And, you know, yeah. 20, 20 years into it, China starts coming in and starting to impose, uh, you know, rules that 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 are more like they are in mainland China. And the people of Hong Kong are going, well, wait a minute. Now you said 50 years and and you're already coming in and, and backing away from what you said. You, you lied to us. Can you believe that you lied? Um, you know, and enough so that. A million plus people started marching through the streets going, this isn't what we signed up for. Yep. Unfortunately, if China decides to impose their will on it, I don't know that there's anybody to stop them. You know? Um, I don't know what the rest of the world would do if China decided to just start locking things down. I mean, they kind of have started decided locking things down. and So, so far, the world... We haven't done anything. Nothing other than, the, than to verbally say... That's bad of you. Shame on you. Yeah. So what's to stop them from going into Taiwan? Yeah. Yeah. You got to think this is sort of a test case for that because they have repeatedly said, they being the leadership of China, have said repeatedly for years that Taiwan isn't a country. They're just a breakaway, um, uh, uh, what is it, uh, not state, but a breakaway uh, group from from China and they they are all Chinese and they belong with us and we're in control and they've pressured the UN and the rest of the world to to not accept the Taiwanese as as you know a separate country they don't allow them in the Olympics they 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 block them in the UN all the time and uh, you know so there's no they've been very clear for a long long time and very consistent in their attitude about Taiwan and that it shall be reunited with the country at some point so you know they're going to move to do that. Yes. So, sorry, I am sitting. It's a beautiful, beautiful morning. And so I'm sitting in my car 
and uh, with my door open, enjoying the cool air. And and there's a trash truck that just came up behind me. So, um, uh, so forgive me. I don't know if you can hear that. That no, don't hear it hear yet. That rattling. Don't hear it okay. yet. So. Well, I shut but, yeah. my door. I shut my door. So. Yeah. So Another anywho, day. we're on the we're on the uh, upswing here, right? Middle of the week, we were kind of cool, but it's supposed to be getting warmer, and then. Inland Empire is going to be in the 90s on the weekend, so. Well, you yeah. Know, it's that time of year where we will get, uh, you know, a couple warm days and then then some cool days and then a couple warm days and, and what happens is is, you know, one or two warm days becomes three or four or five or six and the cool days become go from five or six to three or four then to one or two, <laughs> eventually it's like all hot, you know, just like we transition the other way into autumn around here, so. So the Pfizer CEO has come out and said that people will likely need a, a booster shot a year from now, uh, a third shot in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks after a report of small, a small number of breakthrough cases among the fully vaccinated. So you mentioned that on the, on, on the radio show mm-hmm. that there have been some cases um, of people who have been fully vaccinated, but they still get um, Yeah, percentage-wise, uh, it's small. But it's it's single digits, but it's it's, you know, like they're saying about eight um, percent of the population who's been vaccinated will probably still get uh, a form of covid. And mostly it's mild, but a percentage of those will have severe cases that could be life threatening and have. So, been, you know, and, so. the, you know, I remember, you know, there are shots. You need the tetanus shot every 10 years. You need the flu shot every year. You mm-hmm. need, you know, I'm so. You know, if this becomes one more shot that you need to get every year, then you need to get it every year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I felt doesn't pretty surprise me. yesterday. So you sk- I, if they have shot clinics on a Friday, so then I can, like, Recoup not over the weekend, work. yeah. 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 Yeah, then you I, know. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me. I, I fully expected that that was going to be the case because, like all viruses, the, this one doesn't just stay stagnant. There's going to be new varieties of it, and so they're going to have to come up with slightly modified versions of vaccines my guess is over time that those vaccines will be also designed to give less and less in terms of of symptoms that we get uh much like you know early flu shots a lot of people didn't want to take them because they would then get the flu and feel miserable for a few days and they said i'd just rather risk it and see if i get the flu or not um which wasn't always a good choice because usually the flu symptoms you got from the shot were much less severe than the actually catching the flu which can be deadly. I mean, people die every year from catching the flu. So, uh, but you know, current flu shots aren't that way. Most people who get current flu shots have no symptoms whatsoever because they've refined those vaccines over the years. And I suspect they'll do the same thing with the COVID one. In fact, maybe they'll just combine them, and so you'll just get like a uh, a virus cocktail vaccine, right? Yes, yes. And you know, I I I felt miserable. I felt like I was hit by a truck yesterday. Every mm-hmm. I hurt everywhere. Um, And, but today I'm feeling much better. The only thing that hurts is my arm where I got the shot. And so um, uh, I'm just feeling much better today. Uh, I'm still tired. And we talked about this. I'm still tired, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling much better. That beats the hell out of COVID. You know, that's, I would much rather do this once a year than, than have something that would make me feel like this for much longer and possibly take my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like right the the on the balance, you go like, okay, fine. 
So it's funny, yes. you know, we were talking about blood types and stuff, and WebMD has an article dated March 3rd that says why blood type may matter for your COVID infection. And then they have another one, April 5th, stated blood type doesn't matter, doesn't affect your COVID risk. So it's like... Uh, they don't know, know. In March, they said one thing. In April, they said another. It's not like there's been a huge amount of studying between then and there. They're still figuring it out. I think it just depends. Yeah. So... So with yeah. that, we are out of time. We are. We've talked our way through it. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see we'll you on Monday. Back on Monday. Oh, 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 oh,